you're listening to the Course Creation Bites podcast, bite-sized lessons for busy business owners creating, launching, and selling their own course. Each week, you'll get short, practical lessons that focus on one part of your online course creation journey and an easy action step to go away and implement. Here's your host, Sam Winch, the course creator, not the lunchtime food. Let's get started. Welcome to episode 29 of Course Creation Bites. I'm Sam Winch, the course creator, not the lunchtime food. And today I want to talk a little bit about predictions for 2021. So at time of recording, uh, it's currently right towards the end of 2020. And while I've already had a bit of a reflection back on what worked this year, what I really want to do is have a quick moment to talk about what I think is coming up for next year and what I think will work. So a disclaimer, I guess, this is my assumptions for the year ahead. This isn't fact, but um, it would be interesting at the end of the year to look back and see how accurate this was. But here we go. So my course predictions for 2021. First of all, and I think this is a given, um, I predict an increased movement to online again. So 2020 has definitely been the year where lots of businesses moved online for the first time. Um, 2021, we'll see a continuation in that. But I think that means that in terms of courses, you will see a big influx again to the market of businesses that haven't moved yet or haven't tried yet. Um, More businesses will move online, not necessarily now because they have to. So you'll find that businesses have opened back up again, that things have settled down again, whatever that might be. Um, They won't move because they're forced to. Now they will move because they see the value of doing online in terms of long-term stability and in terms of risk management and mitigation. And that's really a position where a lot of businesses will look at expanding their online services and offerings. It will be down to risk mitigation. What happens if there's another pandemic? What happens if they're um, face-to-face premises flooded, which is a client who I've worked with had that problem. They had to close down for a long time and couldn't do face-to-face. So that will be, there'll be a big continuation in the swing to online, but I don't think it will just be because suddenly people can't do face-to-face. I think a lot of businesses, especially the bigger businesses, will be looking at it from a risk mitigation point of view. And that's why they'll be moving online. My second prediction is improved engagement. So in 2020, we've seen a lot of passive income product courses, lots of tiny standalone offers, which has been great, but I think we'll see a move towards um, improved engagement in programs. So really getting people to not just watch a video and, and learn passively, but to engage in the product, to answer questions, to submit work for review, to participate in programs and events. Um, I think we're definitely going to see a swing back towards programs that encourage you to engage and interact. So it's not one way. It's not just passive learning. It's not just watch this video, download this workbook, but there's a really strong course element to it so that you are an engaged learner. Prediction number three then, which is an on-build from this really, is improved course support. So again, um, we've seen a lot of programs and partially because they came out fast, we've seen a lot of passive income micro products. And there's still a space in the market for those. And I don't think those will go away, but I do think we'll see a swing back towards courses that have really recognized the need for support and have improved or added extra levels of support into their course program. This comes a lot from the atrocious completion rates for online programs, which were bad anyway. Um, a lot of that comes down to the fact that there are lots of passive income kind of courses that just don't have support available. So people buy things and then just never finish them. Um, But 2020 will definitely have increased that because people will have purchased things with great intentions and then 
kids got homeschooled or life got busy or they had to work from home or whatever else, right? And they just they just didn't finish things. Um, and so if you look across the industry, I'm sure that course completion rates, which were pretty appalling anyway, are probably worse. And so what I think we'll see a swing back to is improved course support. And I actively encourage you to have a think about how you're supporting your students through your programs, um, not just selling something and then thinking that they're done. Even if it's offering just an email where they can reach out if they get stuck or a Facebook group where they can connect with other people, this isn't necessarily about you fixing their problems for them. It doesn't have to be one-on-one. It doesn't have to be live group calls. It doesn't have to be any of those elements. And if you look back a couple of podcast episodes from here, I did an episode specifically about how you can support your students and it doesn't have to be a Facebook group. Um, But yeah, I think we'll see this big swing back towards improved support. And so we should right? Some of the responsibility lies on us as course creators to create better programs that support our students better. So I think that will come up. I also think you'll see a swing in courses becoming more integrated as part of a business strategy and other offerings. So this is kind of prediction number four. Um, Again, I did a podcast episode on this two episodes before this one, I think, um, which was about using courses to support your products and services. And I don't think a lot of businesses are doing this well, and there is a huge gap in the market for doing this. So what I've I guess maybe this is personal interest, what I'd like to see happen next year. But what I really hope businesses start to take on board is that their courses don't have to be a standalone. It doesn't have to be a tiny offer. It doesn't have to be a big signature program, but you can use good solid course content to support all of your other services and product offerings. And especially in an era where in an era where I think customer service has taken a hit in many cases, um, we don't get the same kind of support necessarily when we buy something, especially with um cheap online sales and those sorts of things, right? You just don't get any after-service support or those sorts of things. And there are some incredible ways here that businesses could stand out, could make themselves different. This could be their um, their USP, their unique selling point, by really supporting their products and services both before and or after with good quality course content that reinforces the way they want their products and services to be used so that their clients get better outcomes. So go back to episode 27, I'm pretty sure it was using courses to support your other services. If you want more information about that, go back and listen to that. Partially, I'd love to see that come forward, but I think businesses will start to recognize that a course doesn't just have to be a standalone and it can be properly integrated into their business strategy and support their other offerings as well. So action step time. This one's a little different this week because obviously this was a bit of a prediction-based rant almost about what I'd like to see happen next year. So I guess what I'd like you to do for the moment then is stop and take track of what has happened year to date, but look forward into 2021 And really stop for a moment and think about your course programs. So it might be programs that you've already created, or it might be new ones that you want to create. And I want you to think about what will work better next year. So not just do the same thing again, because you've always done it. If you're running live rounds, it might be that you make some changes to the way it runs. You make some changes to the way it's supported. You make some changes to the way that you build engagement into it. You don't just do the same old thing again and again because it's what you've always done, but instead you take a moment to look forward and make some predictions about your own courses. Like how could it work better? What could you change? How could you add something or take something away to improve your students' processes, to improve their learning outcomes and to make it a better course program? So yeah, take a moment, look forward and and really think about what you can do, what you predict for your programs for 2021. Okay. It's time for all of those podcasty bits. If you've loved this episode, share it with your friends or just tell random people about it. Stop them in the street. 
Okay, don't stop them in the street. But please do share it with your friends, especially if you think they will find it helpful. Make sure that you have subscribed so that you get access to all of the future episodes. And better still, leave a review. Podcast reviews are like gold. So I would really appreciate it if you took a couple of moments and leave a review with your thoughts and takeaways from this podcast episode. Lastly, why not come over and join my free Facebook group? Simply search Content Into Courses inside Facebook. There's some good interaction that happens on over there. I'm in and out on a regular basis to answer all of your questions and to give some live tips and tricks. And you get to learn from other course creators about all the things you can do to grow your course and your audience. That's it for this time. But as always, I will catch you next time. Mm -hmm.